Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for everybody that's new, everybody that's online. Come on, guys, put your hands together. Man, we're so excited you guys are here today. How many guys know that we live in one of the most attention-seeking generations ever? How many guys know, like, social media has been a good thing for connecting people to people? But how many guys know it also gave a lot of people a voice that just didn't need one? You know what I'm talking about? Like, how many of you know everybody on your friends list, you don't wish you saw their posts? You know what I'm talking about? Like, everybody shouldn't have an Instagram, right? And so... I believe we live in a very attention-seeking generation because we're always looking for approval, validation, identity. Like there's something in us that wants our peers to approve of us. Now this isn't uh, lost or this isn't new. This has always been part of, of human psychology, right? The difference is, how many guys know 20 years ago, we're all the people that grew up, maybe you're in your late 20s, 30s, or above, Late 20s, 30s, or above. Okay, so how many guys remember when your friend circle was just the people in your neighborhood? How many of y'all remember when anybody in your neighborhood could spank you? Okay, great. See, y'all, we grew up there too. You know what I'm saying? Like every one of your friend's parents had the ability to be like, don't touch that. Now parents can't. Anyway, that's a whole di- that's a different message. I'm not preaching that today. And so, but now, so that, that friend group was a friend group that we wanted approval from. But now we've got a friend group of thousands of people on the internet that we're seeking approval from. And here's the reality. I feel like this is the thirstiest generation ever. Now, let me help some of you out that don't know what the term thirsty means. Now, it can mean a lot of things, and I'm not going to go down those roads. But what I want to help you understand today is the idea of thirsty, meaning longing for something that we just don't have yet. There's this desire in us to want something that we just don't have. And so I, I want to take you to Exodus because I want to talk to you about this idea of why are you so thirsty? Turn to your neighbor and say, why are you so thirsty? Some of you are like, I still don't quite know how, I don't know what this, we're going to catch you up, I promise, okay? Right, Exodus 17, 1 through 3, at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of Sinai and moved from place to place. Okay, so in case you don't know this, we're picking up in the Bible where the Israelites, God's people, were coming out of captivity and now they're going into the desert where they're going to be going to the promised land. All right, now if you know know this story, they end up wandering in the desert for 40 years. Okay, so they end up there for a long time. But this is where we're picking up in the story, okay? And they moved from place to place. Eventually they camped out at Rephidim, but there was no water For the people to drink. Say no water. water. Tormented by, say that word with me. They they were running behind, sorry. Tormented by, say that word with me. Thirst. Thirst, right? They continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with, there's that word again, say it with me. Thirst. Listen, y'all better, y'all better catch up now. Say the word with me. Thirst. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say thirsty. Okay. Well, y'all better be up with me. All right. So the Israelites, freed from captivity, walk through the Red Sea. So I'm catching you up on the story. The Israelites are freed from captivity, which is a miracle in and of itself. They get to the Red Sea where there's an army behind them that's trying to ca- capture them. There's a Red Sea in front of them, so they're going to die. And God parts the Red Sea, and they walk across on dry land. Miracle in and of itself. They watch God destroy their enemies afterwards, right? And now they're a little bit thirsty. They don't have any water. They're, just a, they're a little bit thirsty. And this is where I feel like we can identify with them. Because how many guys know our faith gets hard when we get thirsty? 
Our faith gets hard when we have a longing for something in our lives we haven't seen happen yet. Our faith gets hard when we know we want something, but God just hasn't gotten us there yet. Our faith gets hard when we're believing for something, we just haven't seen it manifest in our life just yet. And so just like with them, our faith gets hard when we get thirsty. I'm not, I'm not just talking about thirsty because I haven't had water lately. I'm talking about thirsty because I haven't had something, listen to me, I haven't had something quench the longing in my spirit lately. I'm talking about, I, I think my life should be this, but I've only experienced this. I feel like my promotion should have come already, but it hasn't come yet. And I got a longing in me for something more than just where I'm at. I'm talking about your, your schooling hasn't picked up the way you thought it was going to. Your, your degree, your career field, you feel, like, you feel like more should be happening in your life than is happening right now. There's a thirst in you to experience more than what you're experiencing. And if, if you and I were honest, I feel like we could come to God with a very similar mentality that the Israelites did. Why did you bring me all this way just to let me go? Y'all with me today? And I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life where I was a little thirsty. Some of y'all know exactly what that could mean, and it's totally different. Okay, so, but some of us, hear me. You, you, you would say, I'm feeling low because I haven't gotten any validation lately. And so what do we do? We go to Instagram and we start posting pictures of ourselves in the mirror or selfies. And why? Because I'm a, a little bit thirsty. I, I, I feel ugly because I haven't gotten anyone to tell me that I'm beautiful lately. So I'm going to put stories up on Instagram or Facebook or, or I'm going to post some TikToks because I just need someone to hit the like button enough times because I'm feeling a little bit thirsty. We come to a place where I, I, I haven't been feeling beautiful lately. And so I'm doing these things. I feel unloved. And since I feel unloved, and since I haven't felt loved, I jumped back into ridiculous, unhealthy relationships because at least I would be loved artificially than real because I'm thirsty. I, I, I find myself in this longing and so I feel like a failure in my business because the last three attempts I've had to try to do something great with it, it hasn't gone the way that I thought it would. And so what do I do? I go back to that addiction because at least that gives me the validation that my business world's not because I'm thirsty. I, I, I have this longing in my, in my heart, man. I, I, I'm feeling insignificant because I'm not living the life that I want to. And so I ring up a credit card for $10,000 so I can travel the world, so I can post pictures on the internet so that people will think I'm more successful than I am. Why? Because I'm just thirsty. The reality is I can feel alone. I don't feel like anyone's around, so what I do, I go to the club so that I can meet some people that could give me false validation, and at least I would have someone that would be around me in my loneliness. Even though they'll never really know me, they can be around me because I'm thirsty. I, I, I feel disconnected, so I retreat to an unhealthy mental state rather than pushing my way out, hoping somebody will help me because I'm thirsty. I, I, I feel lost, so I go back to something that's familiar, and I get back into an unhealthy situation because I would rather be with unhealthy familiarity than unfamiliar health. Because I'm thirsty. And what I'm here to tell you is we all, look at your neighbor and say we all. We all struggle with the idea of wishing we were somewhere else while we're living here. Even if your life is great, you struggle with thinking you should be somewhere better than you are now. Come on, can we be honest? Turn to the neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Look back at him and say, mind your business. How about that? All right. So you're at home. Mind your business. Okay. So 
Listen, your longing for something else is always based, listen to me, your longing for something else is always based on feelings, not facts. Your feelings will lie to you to convince you that your perception is reality. You feel this way, so it's what must be true. The reality is what you feel is rarely true. Because how many guys know there's always a voice in our ears telling us something that we want to believe rather than helping us know the things we should believe. And so we, we sit on our feelings. The problem here with the Israelites, listen to me, and I want you to grab a hold of this. Looking at the book of Exodus. The problem here with the Israelites isn't that they didn't see God do great things then. It's because they're not seeing God do new things now. And I don't know about you, but I've been there. We're like, God, I know you did some amazing things over the last three years, but right now, I don't feel like you're doing anything. Have you let me down? Now, I know none of you have ever felt that way. I know, listen, the greatest tragedy in our life when it comes to our faith oftentimes is the reality that we know we saw God do great things then. We just don't know if he's going to do new things now. And so Exodus 7, 7, 17, 7 says, they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Have you ever been in that place on your back porch, knelt down beside your bed in your prayer closet, talking to your friends, and you knew that God got you here but because you didn't know if he was going to get you to the next place, you asked yourself or someone around you, is God even with me or not? And the reality is God hasn't gone anywhere, but there's something happening. Listen, when you can't see it, say it, when you can't see it, you get thirsty for other things. What is it? Let me go ahead and help you out. It's in your notes. You can go ahead and fill in the blank if you want to. It is whatever you're believing for. Whatever you're believing for, when you can't see it, right, you get thirsty for other things. When you can't see that promotion you're believing for, you start getting thirsty for other things. When you can't find the marriage that you've been looking for because you've been single for so long and you feel like you should have had your spouse by now and everyone else, all your friends done got married, you were one of the bridesmaids and everybody else's wedding ladies, but you just can't find your man yet. Come on, you got a closet full of dresses. You're waiting on your turn. I'm believing for, uh, fellas, you're believing for a wife or maybe you're believing for a business thing to finally take off. You've been invested. I'm believing for it. But when it doesn't come when we thought it would, we start getting thirsty for other things. Right? That's why Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Say hope for. It is what we hope for. With the assurance about what we haven't seen yet, what we do not see. I don't see it, but I'm hoping for it. And so you've got to overcome your thirst with a few things. I want to give those to you today. Turn to your neighbor and say thirst. All right, you've got to overcome your thirst with a few things. Those of you guys at home, you can, help, you can write these down with us. you got your notepad, all that good stuff. Write this down with us, okay? You'll overcome your thirst with a few things. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to see it when it can't be seen. You've got to see it. What is it? Whatever you're believing for. You've got, to be, you've got to see whatever you're believing for, even when it can't be seen yet. How many guys have ever told someone that you love, you were close to, I'm believing for this, and they go, how's that going to happen? You're like, I have no idea. Listen, it takes that type of faith. You've got to have a vision for your life. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, say vision, 
where there is no vision, people perish. Now, that doesn't mean they literally fall over and die. What it means is their dreams, their ambitions, the thing that keeps them waking up the next day dies. Where there is no vision, where there is no dream for what could be, the dream for what is dies. And we want to know why so many people wake up and go through the same mundane experience every single day. They lost the vision for what could be, so they have no desire for today. And he's saying, no, 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 you got to have vision for your life. But hear me, you got to have vision even when you can't see it. Exodus 17, 3, go back to the story, right? But tormented by, there's that word again, say it with me, thirst, which is, again, remember, a desire for something more. They continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Now, let's get real clear on what Egypt was for a second. They were being killed, murdered abused, beaten, enslaved, and forced to build things and starved. Why did you bring us out of there? It doesn't matter, right? Listen, let me help you with something. Faith-filled freedom is better than blind bondage. Faith-filled freedom is better than blind bondage. They're going, why don't you just leave us where we were? Because it's better to be in the desert with hope than be in bondage with no hope. And for some of us, you need to appreciate the fact that you live in a space where you have hope in God to do supernatural things rather than being in a place where you have no hope in God to do anything. So we go to that place. Listen, you've got to, I want to give you, this is for free. This isn't your notes, but I want to give it to you anyways, right? You've got to believe it before you see it. And you've got to see it before other people will hear it. And you've got to experience it before other people can see it. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all are like, I'm sorry, what? Let me say, listen, talking, we're talking about you having vision. Are you ready? You've got to believe it before you see it because that's called faith, right? So you've got to believe it before you see it. And you've got to see it before other people will hear it. In other words, don't bring your ideas of faith to other people that can't see yet. Because they'll never see what you're believing for until you experience what they haven't seen yet. So you're going to have to see it before you can, or you're going to believe it before you can see it. You'll have to see it before they hear it. And you'll have to experience it before they'll see it. In other words, you'll go full cycle from belief to speaking to experiencing before they can even see it. That's why it's on you to believe and see it before it even gets here. Listen. You've got to get a vision for your life. Say vision. You've got to get a vision for your life that you see so well that somebody else can't take it from you. You've got to get a vision for you. Listen, can I, can I just, can I help you for a second today? How many of you got something you're believing for right now? Just raise your hand. Eight, nine, okay, perfect. We're getting there. How many guys got a, you, want, you got a business idea? You've got a relationship you're looking for, degrees, something, income. You got, you're looking, this year I'm looking for God to do something miraculous in my life. One more time, raise your hand. Everybody at home, raise your hand. Perfect. Listen to me. Let me help you out with something. Stop going to people that have no vision for their life to be the co-signer on the vision for yours. They ain't done nothing in 10 years and you're letting them speak life and death into your dream. Get them clowns out of here. Right? We got to have vision for where God is taking us. Listen, how's God going to do that? People come around. Anybody? Anybody ever have friends? How, pff, that's never going to happen. Not with you around, it's not. How's God going to do that? I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know who's going to do it. 
I don't know how it's going to happen. I just know who's going to be the one that makes it happen. Why? Because I'm believing in faith for what I haven't seen yet. Well, that's ridiculous. No, it's biblical. You don't see supernatural things without a supernatural mentality. So we're believing. Listen, we got to realize it, which brings me to number two, the important thing that we have to realize. You got to get past the people that can't see it. We've already dabbled in it, but we're here now. You've got to get past. They passed. You've got to get beyond the people that can't see it, right? Exodus 17, 4 through 5. Then Moses cried out to the Lord. Say cried out. What am I to do with these people? Anybody said that at work before? What am I going to do with these people? About your boss? If they're here, don't look at them. Don't look at them right now, okay? What am I going to do with these people? Moses, what am I going to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses. Listen, I want you to say these four words with me. The Lord answered Moses. All right, say it with me. The Lord answered Moses. This is very interesting because I want you to grab a hold of this. He says, go out in front of the people. Now, before we get to the go out in front of the people, I want you to realize something. Moses was the one in charge. So God spoke to Moses. Where in the book of Exodus, not that you guys would know this off the top of your head, do you know where in the book of Moses God spoke to the people? Nowhere. But 167 times in the story of the Exodus, God spoke to Moses to speak to the people. This matters because many of you are looking for other people to validate what only God's going to speak to you. God didn't speak to the people around Moses. God spoke to Moses. God didn't speak life to their stories. God wasn't doing things, speaking directly to them. He was speaking to Moses on behalf of what he was going to do with Moses around the people. And hear me, some of us, we're letting people that can't see it, can't experience it, can't understand it be the ones that speak life and death into what we're believing for. God is going to speak to you about what he's going to do in your life. He's going to take you on a journey that other people won't get the word ahead of time. They'll just see it when it happens. And so... They can't understand your faith because they haven't experienced the burning bush. They can't understand your faith because they weren't the ones that put the stick in the Red Sea. They can't understand what God is saying because they weren't the ones praying for supernatural miracles. Listen, he, God is saying, I didn't visit them in the desert. Talking about the Israelites, he went to Moses and he said, Moses, I want you to go free my people. He didn't go to the Israelites, he went to Moses. God didn't visit them in the desert. He didn't educate them in Pharaoh's house. He didn't give them the mission. So don't be shocked when they can't see what you see. God did all of those things with Moses because he was giving Moses a promise. Listen, they haven't experienced your struggle, so they don't know what it looks like to be hungry enough to believe for supernatural miracles, but you do. They didn't get woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning five nights in a row to pray for something that you were believing for. You did. Guess what that means? You get to believe what they don't believe for. They kept sleeping. Come on, God, everybody ever woke somebody up before? It's like, you need to start praying for your marriage right now. And you didn't understand it. You didn't know why. You just started praying for your marriage. And then weeks later, something happens and you realize God was prepping you for this. Why? Someone walks into your relationships and go, oh, man, that just looks like it's over. And don't listen to that because they weren't the ones praying at 2 a.m. You were. 
You're believing for your business. You're believing for your job. You're believing for your promotion. You're believing that God's going to do something supernatural. And all the people around you are going, God can't do that. Not in your life, but he can do it in mine. Why? Because he didn't give them that promise. He gave you that promise. So you grab your promise even when anybody else don't have the hands to grab it because they didn't have the faith to get to where you are. You did. And so we got to get past the people that can't see it. Listen, here's the thing. They may not have it, but you do. Because sometimes, listen to me, it's the very people that did get to watch the waters part, watch your miracle happen, and even got to cross the dry land with you when you walked across it, that literally don't understand what God's going to do in your life. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Let's go back to Exodus 17, 5 through 6. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you use to strike the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God spoke to Moses. They're in a desperate moment. Say desperate. They're in a, he's in a desperate moment. They're going to kill me, God, if you don't do something with this. Hope seems lost, and the people are thirsty. And so Moses comes before God, and God says, go out in front of the people. Go to where they can't see it, and only take with you the people that will believe with you. Come on. You'll get the miracle when you get out of the eyesight of the people that are doubting me. Hmm. And for some of us, we're looking for water to start flowing in the middle of the camp when God's going to take us out of the eyesight of the people that aren't believing with us. But hear me, that means you've got to be willing to leave some people behind for a little while. You've got to get past the people that can't see it. Then... You've got to find some other people that can see it. Say can. You've got to find some other people that can see it. Anybody ever had somebody full of faith in your camp? Anybody ever had someone that believed for you, sometimes even better than you believe for you? Anybody ever had a cheerleader on your side that when they got around you, you was like, yeah. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, if you don't, get an Allison around you. Allison, she'd be believing for stuff that don't even make sense. I'm talking about, like, I'll get around Allison with a bad day, and she's just like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, Ashley, Mac, all the, really the youth team, essentially, the TC students team, they believe for stuff that's just outrageous. I don't know why. Like, so they'll get around me, and I'll be, like, kind of, like, off kilter with my day a little bit. And, like, they just, all of a sudden, by the time I'm done talking to them, I'm like, let's just tear the whole building down and rebuild it. You know what I'm saying? We can do anything if we want to. You all know? You need some people like Jay back there. I see you, Jay. I can barely see you, but I can see you back there. Jay back there, man. Every time I get around Jay, my faith is encouraged. And here's the thing. He's the quiet type. Allison is, she leads the pep rallies, okay? So, like, she just, she's on another level. But Jay, Jay leads our, some of our, he leads our men's hub, and he's leading a bunch of our men groups. And every time I get around Jay, my faith is encouraged. But here's the thing. You ever been around somebody, and it's like a pillar of faith? Like, they don't, they don't hype you up. They're just like, we're just going to believe for God then. He's like, you know what? We are going to believe for God then. (laughs) 
And it wasn't like, it wasn't profound words of faith. It was just, there was something about him saying it that I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're going to win the lottery. It's like, in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> listen to me. You got to get some people around you that make you believe what God has said is true. Because there's a season in your life coming where you're going to doubt it. And you need some people around. Listen, it's not just that people can make you forget. You can make you forget. Your life can make you forget. And that's why it's important to have people around you that every time you get around them, you're like, yeah. Yeah, no, this is going to happen. True, same way, man. True is one of our trustees here at the church. I've been rocking with True since before he had hair. That's why I tell people. He got dreads down the bottom of his back. I said, I've known True since he had a buzz cut. Okay, so like, and so I, I, every time I get around True, it's the same thing, man. What's cool about Tremaine in our personal life is, is he was with us three churches ago. He's been, him and his family, the Polk family, have been part of Pastor Dan's ministry and my ministry since 1993. All right. And so here's the thing. They've seen the highs and the lows. All right. They've seen us. Anybody whose life kind of looked like this before? Come on. Right. They've, they've been with us on this track right here. And every time I get around truth, sometimes I'll be like, man, I just don't know how God's going to do it. He said, we ain't never know how God was going to do it. We just watched him do it. I'm like, you know what? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you know, every time I get around, he'll be in meetings. We'll be talking about people that owe us money. And that sounds, that kind of sounds like a mafia, doesn't it? Anyway, so, uh, well, <laughs> Other people have, anyway, that doesn't matter. All right, so we'll talk about other things going on in the church and like money situations. And I'm like, man, we got to figure this out. And he's like, God already figured out. Why do we got to figure it out? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Why do we have to figure it out? You know, Truth said, I don't even know if he remembers this. We were in a meeting one time. Truth said, we don't have to figure it out. We just got to listen better. I said, brother, take this microphone here. You know what? You're just going <laughs> to, you, you preach. I'm going to listen right? It's important you got people in your circle that speak into what you're believing for. And the tragedy is some of us don't. The tragedy is you let what somebody did to you 10 years ago dictate the fact that you don't have somebody in your life now. And you got to get some people in your life that can see it. Because there are moments in your life where you can't. The elders were people that were swayed that weren't swayed by the people of God. Exodus 17, 8 through 9. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. All right, so we're jumping back into the story. So while they're having conversations about thirst, right? While they're having conversations about water, the armies of their enemies were getting ready to attack them. Because how many guys know the enemy would love to distract you with little things while he's plotting big things, Right? So Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Listen, what was that staff? Look, pay attention to me. What was that staff? That was the staff that he threw on the ground to show Pharaoh to let the people go. That was the staff that he laid in the water so that the Red Seas parted. That was the staff that he hit the rock with and water came out of. Because sometimes you got to take a couple things with you. You got to take one thing with you to remind you of what God did to believe for what God's going to do. And so he took the staff with him and he went to the top of the mountain. Now, again, this is a big deal because it's only when we're being distracted by little things that the enemy is plotting big things. 
You said you're trying to worry about things about your job. And since you're worried about things at your job, you're killing yourself at your job, not realizing that the enemy wouldn't want to attack your job. He wanted to attack your marriage, but he took you away from your marriage to put you at your job too much because he knew he could destroy the big thing by making you pay attention to the little thing. And so the enemy comes in and they, they get ready to listen. I, I want to help you understand something. This, this is on the screen. The enemy will always try to distract your faith before you enter the fight. He'll always give you a longing or something more before he takes you into a season where you're going to have to believe and fight. And so we get to Exodus 17, verse 12. And essentially the armies are fighting now. The Israelites, the Amalek, they're, they're fighting and it says, as long as Moses held his arms up, the Israelites won. But when he put his arms down, the Amalekites started winning. When Moses' arms grew tired, Aaron and her brought a stone for him to sit on. How many of y'all ever held, held your arms up for too long? Some of y'all are like, man, I was in worship. Come song three, I said, all right. See, y'all didn't grow up in Pentecostal churches like we did. Some of us are conditioned for this, all right? We know you got to do the switch, right arm, left arm, hold the TV, YMCA, right? So like, we, like some of us were conditioned for that. We came up in there. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Some of y'all don't know. It's okay. It's okay. You'll learn, right? So you got to know the poses, rest the shoulders, right? Palms out. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Go ahead and get your, get your hands out. I'm going to teach some of y'all worship poses real quick, okay? Palms out. There it is. Hold the TV. All right, hold the TV. Chin up. All right. All right. YMCA. YMCA. Boom. All right. Shoulders get tired. Hold the TV. Okay. All right. You're holding the TV, but you feel like God's, you feel like, man, I really need, I should have my hands lifted. All right. Right arm. Man, but the right arm's getting a little tired. At home, you guys are with us. Come on. What do you do? No, I'm so Switch. Boom. Right? Yeah? Yeah? Back to hold the TV. Hold the TV. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now you guys know for next week. Y'all going to be looking at other people like, ah, holding the TV. Moses is sitting there. And as long as his arms are in the air, his army's winning. But how many guys know the enemy is really good at getting you weary in the middle of the battle? Even though it's not yours to fight, it is yours with faith. So God says, I just want you to hold your arms up, but it's hard because sometimes you get tired of holding your arms up. Anybody ever been in a season of life where you're like, God, this hurts? God, like, I'm tired. I don't know if I can keep doing this. It's not that you're killing yourself. It's just that the grind is wearing you down. I don't know if I can keep doing this, God. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I don't know if I can keep going. And that's what's beautiful is God's response isn't, hey, suck it up, princess. He didn't give you a major pain mentality. Tired. All right. So. He doesn't give you major pain mentality, right? What does he do? He puts people beside you to help hold you up when you can't hold you up. 
That's why groups are so important, man. That's why relationships are so important. You, why do you need to be in a group? It's not so we can put bigger numbers on the wall and say we got more people in groups. It's because eventually you're going to get tired of holding your arms up and you're going to need somebody next to you that's going to start putting, putting them arms up and say, no, 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 you got this. No, just rest on me for a minute. I got you. I'll hold you. I'll hold you. I tell you, trust me, you can lean into this. I know you've never trusted somebody before. I know the last three people that said they got your arms let you down, but I'm not going to let you down. I got you. So just rest and we'll watch God be victorious for you while you rest in the presence of some people that can hold you up. Why? Because we need it. We need it. We need it. We're going to have faith, but we need somebody that's going to hold us up and let us know I'm not going to let you down. Because we got a God that's victorious, but we need some people that can see. Because we need people that can see. You think Aaron and her got a, a prophetic message from God? No, what they got was, if God spoke it to you, then I'm believing too. Because you need some people that are gonna say, if God spoke it to you, I'm gonna believe it too. How's he gonna do it? Pfft, I didn't know how he was gonna do the last thing, but he did it. So we're just gonna hold the TV. YMCA. Let's keep going, quickly, we're wrapping up. Which brings me to my last part. You've got to write it down so you don't forget it. You've got to write it down so you don't forget it. I joke sometimes, and someone asked me the other day, I was like, man, I don't know if you should say it like that. I'm like, whatever. If you got to put it on your kid's forehead, put it on your kid's forehead. Maybe that's where you'll see it the most often. If you got to put it on your mirror, if you got to put it in your dashboard, if you got to wherever you got to put it, put what you're believing for in front of you so that you don't ever lose faith in what you're believing for. Write it down so you don't forget it. Exodus 17, 14, after the battle was won, the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Write it down. Now, why is it so important that he wrote it down? Because God knew there's some more battles coming and you're going to need to remember this here right now. There's some things coming in the future that are going to be hard too. You're going to need to reference this because you didn't know how this was going to happen. There, there are some things coming down the road that are going to be hard. You're going to want to remember this moment, right? And listen to me. Some of us, we need to write down what God has already done and we need to write down what we're believing for him to do so that a year from now, when we're believing for another thing, we get to look back on how he came through on this thing. So listen, when you're thirsty for something, God has the ability to create something out of nothing. When you're thirsty for something, God has the ability to create something out of nothing. Now I wanna take you to the book of Isaiah because he says this. Some of you know your Bibles well enough to say, well, Isaiah says, forget the former things. That's what it says. Forget the former things. Forget. Say forget. Some of y'all saying, Brad, now you just said, write it down. Now you want me to forget. You need to figure it out. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? Now, for, if, you, if you know the Bible you know, Isaiah, he speaks what they call prophetically. In other words, he speaks to the thing that is coming, even though it hasn't gotten here yet. He says, he's speaking on behalf of God, forget the former things. But the word forget there isn't a mental memory. It's an existence. What, what the Bible wants you to understand is for some of you, 
You need to remember with your mind, even though you don't live there in your emotions. You need to erase it from how it owns your life, but you don't have to erase it from your memory. Remember what happened in your mind. Remember it because you wrote it down. Remember how God came through. Listen, just don't live there. Good or bad, don't live there. Well, it was a good season in my life, right? If you get too committed to a good season, you'll wish you were there rather than living out the new thing God's gonna do. So no matter what, listen, you gotta move forward even if you let your mind remember what's behind. Why? Because God said he wants to do a new thing. It goes on to say in verse 19, I provide water in the wilderness. What do you think he's talking about? Exodus 17. And streams in the desert to give something to drink to my people. My chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Listen, the sooner you have faith in God's ability to do the impossible, the sooner you'll see him do it. The sooner you have faith in God to do the impossible, the sooner you'll see him do it. One more time, so I want you to get this. You're at home, you're in the room. The sooner you have faith in God to do the impossible, the sooner you will see him do it. Let's believe for God to do impossible things. We might be thirsty for something we don't have yet, but I'm believing that the God of all creation is the one that can do it in Jesus' name. You guys with me today? Let's believe that God's gonna do it. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are in our life, moving, giving, making it possible that we could believe for the impossible. So God, as we get ready today to see you do miraculous things, I pray God that you would prompt our faith. Whatever it is that we're believing for, I pray that you help us believe for it in a greater measure. We thank you today and we love you. God, I pray right now for people that are believing for the supernatural, God, you give them supernatural faith to experience supernatural things. God, I pray right now they're believing for their marriages, God, that those would be restored. Those that are believing, God, for addictions to be broken, God, and, and healing to take place, God, that you would do that, God, in supernatural ways that goes beyond our comprehension, God. I pray for those that are believing that this year they're gonna experience prosperity and blessings on their job and in their income, God. Lord, I pray that you show them that as they are faithful with little, you'll help make them rulers over much. God, those that are praying to experience greater purpose and greater life, God, I pray that you release that in Jesus' name. Those that are believing, God, Father, for, for a supernatural increase strictly in their finances, God, that you release that in Jesus' name. Those that wanna experience relationships and healing, God, you do that and you help them join a group, join a TC group, God, and they start experiencing life that comes from other people around them. God, that freedom and life comes when we connect to you and we connect to the people that love you, God. So I speak life to every person, whether they're at home, they're here in the room. God, you help us know you've got us, even when we don't know how. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. In the book of John, Jesus is talking to a woman and he uses these words, he says, says, drink of the water that I have because if you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. 
And he's referencing Exodus 17, because in each one of us is a thirst that can't be quenched unless Jesus becomes the source of our life and quenches it for us. And today, if you need Jesus in your life, today, if you need Jesus to wipe away your sins and make you whole, then I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And you acknowledge and you give Jesus your whole life. Say this, the whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me whole. I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus name, in Jesus name, amen and amen. Come on TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the first time and we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.